Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Decapitated remains of a young mom stuffed in suitcases. It sounds like a horrible movie or um, some, some thriller or a work of fiction. But in fact, it is a horror story dreamed up in the mind of a killer. What happened to 28-year-old Sarah Zagul? Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Well, horrible and shocking, but with crap that's going on everywhere, it seems like it's just not too surprising. Mike McHugh was at home in Aloha last night when deputies converged on his neighborhood. Cops say they got a tip about a murder leading them to Southwest Sarala and Hargis Street. That's where they found this BMW and a woman's body in the trunk. The victim is 28-year-old Sarah Zagul from Aloha. Neighbors can hardly believe it. Because you're always seeing this kind of thing happening elsewhere, you, you wonder if anything like this is ever going to affect your life. And then something like this happens and you, you start wondering even more, you know. Sarah Zagul's Facebook page says she was a model, actress, and she went to PSU. Now, neighbors want to know how and why her life ended here. Our friends at KPTV Fox 12, that was Jamie Wilson. What happened to a gorgeous 28-year-old girl, Sarah Zagul? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. Decapitated remains of a young mom stuffed in suitcases. It's almost too much to take in. As a matter of fact, it sounds like a horrible movie or um, some, some thriller or a work of fiction, but in fact, it is a horror story dreamed up in the mind of a killer. Again, I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. With me, an all-star panel, trial lawyer and judge Ashley Wilcott, Anchor Court TV at ashleywilcott.com, James Shellnut, 
Metro Major K, SWAT officer, now lawyer, the medical examiner for the state of Florida, Dr. Tim Gallagher, Dr. Liz DeBoer, psychologist in New York, Pennsylvania, founder of Visionistas by Design, and at drlizlyz.com. But right now to Jennifer Dowling with KOIN6 in Portland. You know, Jennifer, when I think of Portland, Oregon, I think of wild, untamed beauty, a place to go and get away from the rat race. But instead, we discover a young mom decapitated, number one, stuffed in suitcases. What can you tell me? How did the whole thing start? Let's start at the beginning, Jennifer. Well, we in the news media first learned about it when the car was found. So she was found in a black BMW um, in a community called Aloha. And it's a beautiful community. It's about 30 minutes outside of uh, downtown. And a very quiet community, nice homes, uh, nice families, uh, tight-knit families that have lived there for quite some time, children that have grown there, uh, gone to school together. Uh, And this car was found uh, on one of the side streets uh, with a body inside. So when we responded, uh, all we knew was that there was a body found in the trunk of a black BMW and it was pretty shocking uh, to be in that uh, nice neighborhood. It is pretty idyllic. And that things like that just don't happen there. You know what? You're right about that. And I, I want to comment on that. You know, when we hear about crime and let's just say a drug-infested area or a high-crime area, or let's just say in uh, the Sonola area of Mexico, we think, well, you know what? That's to be expected. That doesn't make it any less important. But I think it shocks the senses to James Shellnut, Metro Major Case SWAT officer, now lawyer, because people don't expect for a decapitated mom's body to be found in a BMW parked down the street from the nice houses where there's no crime. That shocks everyone's senses. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is just something that, that you would never expect. I mean, people expect to come home and live in a you know, nice neighborhood, enjoy the afternoon. And when this happens, it really startles people. Uh, it gets people locking their doors and really just creates a sense of panic in the entire neighborhood. You know what? You're right. And to you, Ashley Wilcott, judge and trial lawyer, you know, Ashley, um, I remember the Atlanta community was shocked. When outside of a very ritzy country club, they had been having a big society wedding in there and reception, a guy goes out to catch an Uber and somebody comes up and robs him and one of the swankiest names in town. And he says, well, wait, let me just have my driver's license and starts to approach the robber and the robber guns him down. He was a brand new dad and left behind an infant girl, just about a week or so old. The mom had stayed behind with the baby and not come to the wedding. And it shocked everybody. Oh, how could this happen? I'll tell you how it happens. The same way it happens in housing projects and uh, in high crime areas and in drug infested areas. That's how it happens. There is a predator amongst us and he lets loose. That's how it happens. I remember when that happened in Atlanta, Nancy. And the bottom line is this. It can happen to anyone, anywhere. Everyone can be a victim of crime, regardless of where you live, of where you frequent. And part of the misnomer here is that so many people think, oh, it could never happen to me. Oh, it's safe because it looks safe. It feels safe. It's ritzy. The fact of the matter is it doesn't matter where it happens. Every victim is just as valuable. Guys, with me, Jennifer Dowling, reporter, KOIN6, Portland, Oregon. And we are talking about a young mom 
28-year-old Sarah Zgul, and I'm, I'm stunned. Um, as a crime victim of violent crime, when you lose someone you love, that's horrible enough. When you lose them unexpectedly, suddenly, that makes it worse. When you lose them to violent crime, it's a shock many people never recover from. Tell me again about the neighborhood, Jennifer, and I'm going to get down into the case in just a minute, but I want to understand where this happened. Yeah, uh, Aloha is a, a very, uh, as I mentioned, a very quiet and uh, a, a nice community. Um, it, this was a, a, a group, um, an area where people were really tight-knit. In fact, I had talked to um, some of the victims' friends, and they said they had all grown up together uh, as young kids, even if they didn't go to the same school or weren't the same age. They all knew each other. Uh, you know, they'd ride their bikes together. They'd come over to each other's houses and play games, and that uh, included Sarah. Um, and so they all knew one another. Uh, so it's a it's a little bit outside of Portland, but it's uh, one of those communities that is very quiet, mature trees. Um, like I said, nice homes. Uh, you can walk your bike. Uh, walk. You could ride your bike. You could run without. Uh, probably any fear of anything happening to you, maybe even at night. So uh, this was really shocking, especially uh, to her friends uh, who knew her and and said she was really friendly and outgoing and grew up with her. It it really uh, hit them hard. You know, when I look at her photo, she's just, she's just beautiful. She looks a little bit to me like um, Princess Megan, a little bit to me, the long, dark hair. Um, the big, beautiful brown eyes, the the gorgeous, but you know, kind of um, kind of a distant smile, but still smiling. Guys, of course, of course, the cops don't want to tell the world that this young mom has been dismembered. Take a listen to our friends at KATU2 reporter Bob High. This investigation started yesterday when deputies say they got a 911 call and found a woman's body in a car just a few blocks from here. This photo from the Washington County Sheriff's Office shows the car officers found with the body of 28-year-old Sarah Zgul of Aloha inside. Authorities wouldn't confirm reports that Zgul's body had been dismembered and put inside the car's trunk. Deputies came to the spot where the car was found on Thursday after a 911 caller contacted the Sheriff's Office worried that someone had been killed. The site where the car was found is just three blocks from the house searched by investigators all day Friday. Those are my neighbors right next door. Um, really nice people. We see them every day. Irene Triplett knows the couple that lives in the house and saw them with investigators outside the home Friday morning. But she hasn't seen their adult son since the investigation began. He lives there as far as I know. Um, I think since last summer. That's kind of when I started seeing him. But yeah, other, other than that don't really know much about him. What we know is that the body of this young mom, Sarah Zagul, 28 years old, absolutely stunning, was taken apart and placed into two separate suitcases. Police at the time, not confirming who alerted them to the BMW parked in the neighborhood. Take a listen to what our medical examiner from the state of Florida has to say, Dr. Tim Gallagher. When we say body dismembered, no, you, you think of what you see in movies and on, on TV. It's actually a very, very difficult task to dismember a body. Well, it certainly is, Nancy, and it's not something that we see very often. But, you know, we have to keep in mind that when we do see a dismembered body, we first have to make sure that it is just one body 
that is present in the dismemberment. But okay, yet- now wait, Gallagher, thank you so much. I hadn't even thought of the, you know, the mixing and matching of multiple dismembered bodies. Now, that's something for me to think about tonight when I go to sleep. Thanks, Dr. Gallagher. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new natural hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design icon West Elm, the natural hybrid is the culmination of the two companies' shared values of premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the natural hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. I want to do that. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy to learn more. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. trying to process this disturbing crime. The home that sits behind me, it doesn't sit far from Sarah's house. It is still surrounded by police tape and it was the scene of a massive investigation earlier today. You never would expect that to happen to somebody that you know. Sarah Zagul's friends say she was outgoing and friendly, always ready to brighten the room. She was a very funny person. Everybody knew her and her whole family. Gregory grew up 10 minutes from her house. He said the teens in this neighborhood formed a tight-knit group throughout high school. I just feel so bad for her family. The 28-year-old was an aspiring model and actress. Her friend and photographer Lester Sai took these photos of her. He says it was something she really enjoyed doing. Others tell us she had a young son that meant everything to her. Nobody knows if it was like a stranger, if it was like somebody close to her. It's like so, um, yeah, it's scary. Deputies say they found her body in the BMW after receiving a tip. They ID'd a suspect and eventually picked him up last night near Southwest Murray Boulevard in Teal. The body of a beautiful young mom, just 28 years old, Sarah Zagul, found in two separate suitcases. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Back to Dr. Tim Gallagher, medical examiner for the state of Florida. Dr. Gallagher, of course, you brought up the specter of could it be two bodies? I asked you about how difficult it is to actually dismember a body because we've all seen uh let's just say um dexter for example which actually helped me get through my pregnancy dexter and mystery woman uh anyway 
Dexter, it was kind of a um, airbrushed, edited version of a serial killer that would often dismember bodies. And you would never really see blood. He would never have a difficult time of it. It's very hard to dismember a body. And the point of this is, Dr. Gallagher, what the killer went through. Premeditatedly, intentionally dismembering a body. Describe the difficulty of that task, Dr. Gallagher. Well, it's certainly difficult for somebody who's not familiar with the anatomy of the human body, but to cut through the flesh and to cut through the bones, you need uh, electrical equipment or a saw. I mean, if you use a handsaw, it could certainly take hours, hours and hours with with, with planning, taking breaks, and just uh, a lot of human strength You know, just stop right there. You make it sound like it's um, a union job. you got to take a break every couple of hours for 15 and go have a cig. No. Another thing when you're talking about dismembering a body are the tool markings left on bones, which will tell an experienced medical examiner, a pathologist like Dr. Tim Gallagher, exactly what happened. Explain what we mean by the words tool markings, Dr. Gallagher. Well, if you do use an instrument such as a knife or a saw blade, the bone will have a pattern on it from the saw blade. So you can look at the pattern on the bone, which would be which uh, we call the tool mark or the mark left by the tool used to cut the bone. And we could identify what that tool is, whether it's a saw, whether it's a blade, whether it's any other kind of an instrument, and then take that piece of evidence and trace it back to the tool that was used to dismember the body. Guys, this young mom, I'm curious about her background. Jennifer Dowling, K-O-I-N-6, Portland, Oregon. What do we know about Sarah Zagul? Because very often the killer, you know what, let me just throw this out to Dr. Liz DeBoer, psychologist in Pennsylvania and New York. Very often, well, always, Police start the investigation by those closest to the victim. That's where you start the search for a killer, correct? And why? Yeah, so as you can hear, the people that were interviewed um, explained that this is a tight-knit community. There's friends and associates that she's had um, since high school. And so to get the most accurate information of where she would be, what relationship she may have, you are going to interview the people who are closest with her to start that investigation and really try to get as much, gather as much information and clues to lead you to answering and solving this horrific mystery. James Sheldon Lau, lawyer, former SWAT and major case. James, the reality is you and I have been on the streets for years and years and years. You start with the husband, the boyfriend, the ex. Why? It's simple. Statistics, math, explain. Oh, yeah. I, I think if you look at the statistics, uh, the vast majority of homicides are committed by people who are close, whether it's a spouse, whether it's an immediate family member or someone that they're in an intimate relationship with. That is a majority of the homicides. A very small portion of homicides occur between strangers and that is the logical place and you know you as was stated earlier you start with the inner circle closest to the victim and then work your way out i mean it's harsh but true those closest to you are typically when there are homicides those closest to you are the first suspects the first first persons of interest why because it's emotional to those people emotional 
relationships and they know them. And it's those emotions that often drive murderers to murder because they're angry, they're passionate, all of these things that misguide them, mislead them into committing these horrible crimes. The other thing, Nancy, I have to add when I have a second, listening to the description of what it takes to decapitate someone, all I can say is this, premeditated. It's got to be. It takes hours and hours and hours. And remember, when a jury is deliberating, should this person be apprehended and tried, a jury under the law can take into consideration any and all activities before, during, and after the incident, including dismembering the body, so as to determine premeditation at the time of the killing itself. It will be a difficult task to top it all off to not only put the body back together again, Typically, that's what medical examiners do. Gallagher, correct me if I'm wrong. They lay out the body in its original shape. For instance, uh, let's just use the case of Kelly Anthony, the two-year-old daughter of top mom Casey Anthony. They looked on their hands and knees for hours and hours into the night with spotlights trying to find all over 200 bones. Then they painstakingly put them together on, for instance, the doctor's examining table and try to... Uh, re-establish the body, and that is what they're doing, they will do with Sarah Zagul's body. The difficult task is to determine what was the mode of death, the cause of death. When you're dealing with a dismembered body, it's very, very difficult to do. Why is that, Dr. Gallagher? It's, it's, uh, it's very difficult to do to find the mode of death because a lot of the time, the, the evidence that you need on the body, the contusions, the incisions, uh, even some of the bullet tracks will be lost due to decomposition. So there, we have to use other methods by which we can identify what the cause of death is, if possible at all. Well, what you say the evidence is lost due to decomp, but what about the tearing the body apart, hacksawing, jigsawing it apart? I would think that you would lose evidence of a bullet entry or exit or a stabbing or asphyxiation, particularly if she was decapitated at the neck there may be no evidence of asphyxiation or strangulation. I would think that it would be more a problem with dismembering a body as opposed to decomposition in determining the cause of death, Dr. Gallagher. Well, the, uh, the, the, when you deconstruct a body or you dismember a body, um, the injuries to the torso, that part of the body is never dissected. That part of the body is very rarely, uh, except in the case of the Black Dahlia, of course, that was in Hollywood, uh, the torso is, is very rarely uh, uh, dissected. So the, the major organs, the heart, the lungs, um, can be checked for injury to see what the cause of death is, whether that be a stabbing or whether that be a shooting. But for strangulation, if the, if the head is decapitated and the neck is damaged from the instrument, from the saw, from the knife, that's going to be a little bit more difficult to identify a strangulation. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. 
Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design icon West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of the two companies' shared values of premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, And environmentally safe foams, the natural hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. I want to do that. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy to learn more. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Ghoul, an actress, model, and a mother to a young boy. A friend of nearly 10 years told me through Facebook she's an absolutely wonderful woman as well as a great mother. I'm absolutely disgusted with the fact that someone could do this to such an amazing woman and mother. That's KATU2 reporter Keaton Thomas talking about Sarah Zagul, actress, model, mother. Jennifer Dowling with me, reporter KOIN6, Portland, Oregon. Jennifer, what else can you tell me about Sarah? Well, she really loved her young son, and he is so cute. If you look on her Instagram uh, profile, she has a lot of pictures of him on there, and she just wrote really uh, beautiful uh, love notes to her child, basically, uh, that said things like, what an amazing boy God blessed me with. I love you to the moon and back an infinite number of times. Uh, it looks like she posted that about six months uh before her death there um, in Aloha. Uh, She also uh, wrote about him, uh, my little Kaepernick and I lounging, and she had pictures of him and her, you know, watching TV together. Uh, She was very inspirational to her friends as well. Um, They also uh, told us that she was just a bright light in their life, and she posted a lot of inspirational things um, on there as well just for everyone to see. Um, She did a quote uh, from Martin Luther King Jr., Uh, that said darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. She had that posted, uh, MLK Jr. quote on her page. Um, She also had a lot of uh, modeling photos posted. She did a lot of what looked like local gigs around town, some runway shows, maybe um, some Instagram influencing. Um, Looks like she did a bridal shoot with some bridal gowns as part of her uh, modeling, aspiring modeling career. Um, She really enjoyed doing that. That's what her photographer and friend, uh, Lester Sai, told me. Uh, She just was really beautiful, and she was great in front of the camera, but she was also uh, very, you know, lively and effervescent in real life, too. She just had a real energy about her that was very positive and made people smile, and friends told us that they really hoped that she's remembered uh, that way. Now, according to some reports, she had been married and that she was a graduate of the University of Portland. I'm looking at her now, and she looks like a runway model. Who could have done this? That Thursday night around 11 p.m., police receive a 911 call from a resident, Michael Larson, who reports hearing a man screaming in a ravine, calling for help. Listen. 
They say that he was in a wooded green space right behind some apartments here in Beaverton, and the only reason that they knew he was actually here was that they heard him calling for help. Yeah. Right there where my finger is, that's where he was leaning up against. Oh, okay. And there's a little creek right down in there. It was pitch black at about 11 o'clock Thursday night when Nancy Larson's 13-year-old daughter first heard it. From us that there was a man out here screaming for help. They later learned he was taken into custody in connection with the death of 28-year-old Sarah Zagul of Aloha. Her body was found earlier that day inside this black BMW about three miles away at Southwest Sarala Street in Hargis Road. Unfathomable to think that something like that would happen in our community. Behind her apartment? I was talking to him and just trying to keep him calm while my husband was on the phone with 911. Larson recalled the brief conversation she had with the man. Asked if he needed medical assistance, if he was bleeding, um, and I just kept hearing, I need help. So I let him know that help was on the way, and he said thank you. Washington County Sheriff's deputies are not releasing the man's name until they book him into jail. They also wouldn't confirm his condition when Beaverton police found him Thursday night. Meanwhile, the forensics team was back inside this Aloha home Saturday. They say it's associated with the suspect, but they aren't releasing any new information at this time. You're hearing our friend KATU2 reporter Keaton Thomas. What do we learn? That night, Thursday night, after the young mom's body is found dismembered and stuffed into two suitcases in a black BMW there in a tree-lined neighborhood, around 11 p.m., a little girl hears a man calling for help, sends her mom out to investigate, and she sees and hears 36-year-old Jeremiah Johnson down a ravine, worried about who else himself. To Jennifer Dowling, KOIN6, Portland, Oregon, why was he down a ravine? And is it true he lived in the neighborhood with his mother? Uh, yes, Nancy. He lived close by with his mom. Uh, we believe this ravine was about uh, under three miles from his mom's house. And nobody really knows why he chose that ravine because that hasn't been revealed yet. Um, but I did speak with uh, Michael Larson about that personally. And uh, he described it as being uh, very odd and something wasn't quite right when he heard uh, the man, which turned out to be Jeremiah Johnston, calling for help. They didn't know it at the time that this was the man that would eventually be involved in this case of a body in a car. And that completely shocked the Larson family. Uh, Michael told me that he was yelling, help me, from the ravine. It was dark, of course, at around 11 o'clock. And uh, he and his wife called 911. Of course, uh, he was on the phone with 911. And. Um, he was just said it was so surprising. The man wouldn't answer questions, uh, tell him his name, you know, tell him why he was down there. Um, but he did describe police officers uh, or detectives, deputies um, descending on the ravine, maybe about an hour later after all this started and, and yelling, he's here, he's here. And he could see, you know, from their flashlights uh, that this man was leaning up against the tree. And again, it turned out to be Jeremiah Johnston. But we haven't uh, been told yet. Wait a minute. He's leaning up against a tree as in standing, so there was nothing wrong with him? I think he was sitting. He was like, sitting on the ground in the ravine and leaning up against the tree and, like, yelling for help. Um, I don't. The family lived in an upper-level apartment. It was really high above this ravine, so they couldn't see very well. Uh, but, you know, they told me they didn't want to go down there in the dark to assist someone that they didn't know what was happening with that person of course that'd be really scary especially if you have a, a teenager in the house you're not going to go down there and 
and risk your life because you don't know. Oh, no, would you never leave a little girl in the house and you go down a dark ravine? Okay, right there. James Shellnut, 27 years, Metro Major Case SWAT officer and now lawyer. You know, when somebody won't tell you their name, they want you to help them, but they won't give you any identification or tell you even their name. That's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. And I will tell you, Nancy, and I think you might agree with this. Very rarely do people who really want to commit suicide slash their own throat. That's not common. Uh, I don't know that I ever saw that one time when I was in full-time law enforcement. To Judge Ashley Wilcott, trial lawyer, anchor at Court TV, Ashley, (laughs) refusing to identify yourself, that's never good. That's always the first red flag because there's something nefarious afoot if you're not even willing to give your name unless you've sustained some type of injury where you don't know your name. But I would expect expect that's not the case here. And I just have to say one more thing. Crime of passion. Crimes of passion. That's what happens and you start looking at when you have someone who first red flag, um, don't want to give you my name. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new natural hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design icon West Elm, the natural hybrid is the culmination of the two companies' shared values of premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the natural hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. I want to do that. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy to learn more. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. 35-year-old Jeremiah Johnston is being held in the Washington County Jail without bail tonight. This follows nearly a week in the hospital before he was booked. Johnston is accused of killing 28-year-old Sarah Zagul. He's charged with her murder and abuse of a corpse. Our, our main priority is making sure we do a really thorough investigation, that we honor her legacy and bring closure and justice for the family.
Her body was found inside a car last Thursday, less than a half mile from her house on 171st place. Johnston has been in and out of jail since 2011 and most recently last September. Investigators have not released details about Johnston's charges nor how he got those marks on his neck. Our friend Steve Dunn at KATU2. So the 36-year-old neighbor who lives alone with his mother, Jeremiah Johnson, again age 36, how many times do you think he watched this young mom, a doting mother, 28 years old, a model, an aspiring actress, go in and out of her home with her little boy? Jennifer Dowling, KOIN6, Portland, Oregon. Tell me about where they lived in that neighborhood. Would he have seen her? Yeah, it's quite possible. Uh, her family home was less than a half a mile uh, from his mother's home. So it's very possible that the two could have seen each other just in passing. Um, they actually had mutual acquaintances. We still don't know if they did or what the relationship was, uh, if they did know each other. Um, but the acquaintance said, boy, I didn't even know that they were friends or knew each other, uh, meaning that he thought they had no relationship. So, uh, but they did live very close to each other, and it was a, a close-knit neighborhood. It's possible. Uh, we'll have to wait for more um, details to come out uh, during the court process, perhaps. Well, I mean, he had to have seen her in order to kill her. Yes. Question, whose BMW was it, Jennifer? Well, uh, there was re there was a report uh, from an acquaintance that it was his BMW, but that has not been confirmed by police. Uh, the acquaintance and uh, the guy who said he was a friend of Jeremiah Johnston said that um, the BMW looked like Johnston's black BMW, but again, no confirmation yet from police. We're still waiting to learn more in-depth details about that. And Jennifer, is it true he lived at home with his mother? Yeah, that is true. Um, he was released from prison about three months prior to this. I, I um, had looked through some court documents, and then he was living with his mom um, at that time. Again, not very far from where her family home was. And wh why was he in jail, Jennifer? Uh, there was a, a number of charges. Um, many drug-related. Ashley Wilcott, can you imagine how many times he watched her in that neighborhood going in and out of the home with her little boy until he finally murdered her? Yeah, that's what's so horrible is, again, it goes to the premeditation. And these are, you said it earlier, Nancy, and it hits um, right on the spot in this case, predator. He was a predator. There are predators out there. The other thing I have to say is, you know, individuals like this man do not care whether there are children or not. They do not care if their victim is a mother. That is something that they don't give any thought to. You know, the other thing is he was down that ravine and had to go to the hospital because he tried to kill himself. He was very successful at murdering Sarah, leaving her son without a mom. But oops, didn't work on the suicide attempt. I mean, we see that all the time. Is it true, Jennifer Dowling, K-O-I-N-6, that he had cuts on his hands as well? He had cuts on his neck and wrist. I did not hear that he had cuts on his hand. I mean, that's entirely possible. I just hadn't come across that information. Um, but the uh, sheriff's office did say that he did try to kill himself, and those uh, wounds were a result of that on his neck and wrist. Um, and he was also under what appeared to be a suicide watch for a time while he was 
are making his first appearances. Take a listen to our friends at KATU2. It uh, lasted a total of 40 seconds. Uh, Johnston entered a not guilty plea, but there may be a lot more to this case because uh, the court has also sealed records connected to Johnston's arrest that might detail what authorities believe happened in this case. Court documents also con confirm for the very first time that authorities believe Johnston cut Sarah Zagul's body into pieces after allegedly killing her. A long cut clearly visible on his neck, cuts that kept him in the hospital until he was booked into jail Wednesday night. Jeremiah Johnston didn't speak at all during his brief court appearance. An attorney entered a not guilty plea for Johnston to charges that he murdered 28-year-old actress and model Sarah Zagul of Aloha. Sheriff's investigators say they got a 911 call last Thursday from someone worried that Zagul might be in danger. They found her dismembered body inside this BMW sedan. This map shows where Zagul and Johnston both lived, where the car was found near Johnston's home, and the site in Beaverton where Johnston was taken into custody the night authorities found Zagul's remains. Okay, wait a minute. Jennifer Dowling, were there two 911 calls? Because that said someone called because they were concerned about Sarah Zagul's safety. Then there was the 911 call when they heard heard Johnson down a ravine after his failed attempt at suicide. What can you tell me about two 911 calls? Well, it's interesting that a call came in um, indicating that Sarah could have been in the trunk of this car. And um, it's not, I'm not sure if the caller said, yes, Sarah's in that car or if they just said a body's in that car. But it's interesting that that was the first call uh, that tipped investigators off um, to her body and being able to locate her. And then the second 911 call, of course, is equally as strange um, that this uh, Jeremiah Johnson was in a ravine with neck wounds and wrist wounds and calling for help, again, refusing to say his name. And that's uh, police picked him up uh, fairly quickly after that and took him to the hospital where he was treated. And then a few days later, he was Organizing for the community to figure out exactly who might be responsible for this crime, who is going to be accused in this crime, because there was a lot of fear and concern about who might have done this. And it was a few days before his name was released and uh, the sheriff's office reported on who they were charging. And it was a, a little bit agonizing. I mean, everybody was concerned. I'm sure it was very agonizing with a little boy without his mother. We have learned that Sarah's body found inside Jeremiah Johnson's black BMW, according to Johnson's friend Chase Haverfield. Uh, we also know that he's facing charges of murder and abuse of a corpse, which means according to ABC 13 there locally, he is suspected of engaging in sex activity with the corpse or dismembering, mutilating, cutting, or striking the corpse. Now, we also know that that's not all. Take a listen to our friends at Fox 12. This is Brianna Kelly. Fox 12 has learned that a man accused of killing a woman in Aloha almost a year ago is now accused of trying to hire a hitman from jail. Jeremiah Johnston pleaded not guilty last year to charges he was facing in connection to the death of 28-year-old Sarah Zagul. Fox 12's Brenna Kelly is live in studio to explain what else we've learned 
from this new indictment, Brenna? Well, Pete and Nora, Jeremiah Johnson was already facing charges of murder and abuse of corpse in connection to the death of Sarah Zagul. And now, according to a superseding indictment filed December 10th, prosecutors are accusing him of trying to hire someone from jail to kill a witness. This is months after he was charged with the 28-year-old woman's death. Court papers show between May 28th and July 26th of last year, Johnston tried to solicit a man to murder a witness in criminal proceedings. Now, Johnston faces additional charges, including attempted aggravated murder, criminal conspiracy of a felony, and solicitation. The original charges stem from January of last year. Court documents accused Johnston of killing Zagul on January 20th. Deputies say they found her body in a car in Aloha five days later, and Johnston was arrested several hours after that. Records show her body was dismembered, and Washington County deputies previously confirmed to us the two knew each other, but have not revealed exactly how. Friends at Zagul say she was an actress and model and a loving mother. We wait as justice unfolds. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.